In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just want to thank you for the entrance of your word brings light. Um, Your word sets free. It challenges us. It destroys yokes. It lifts burdens. It changes lives, transforms lives, convicts us, changes circumstances, and more. And we just bless you, Father, for the authenticity of your word in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And together we say, Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, from verse 12, and I will read to verse 26. 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 12 to 26. Now, as you know, there are many metaphors um, that the Word of God uses to describe the church. And the aim of these metaphors is to help us have a clear understanding of who we are as the church and the body of Christ. The metaphors paint a graphic picture that is easy for anyone to understand as to what God means when he talks about the body of Christ, the church. And one of the metaphors that I love the most that is used to help us understand the church and the workings of the church um, is the metaphor of a human body. And I think that's a good one because that's who we are and we can understand at a basic level, certainly all of us, um, how our bodies work. And when The Word of God uses that to describe the body of Christ, the church. It's easy for us to understand the workings of of the church. And so in in the scriptures um, that that I just asked us to turn our Bibles to, uh, that's exactly what Paul does. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. He says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Yeah, that's, that's very clear. Many parts the human body has, but then all these many parts, the eyes, the ears, the, the nose, the, the, the toes, all those together make up one whole body. And I, I'm sure you know that he's alluding already to the makeup of the body of Christ, how there are many different parts in the body of Christ um, different uh, parts in terms of, uh, phys- in a physical sense, in terms of uh, different nations, different cultures, different ethnic groups, but we are all the body of Christ. I might be black, someone might be white, um, I might be uh, British Nigerian, someone might be uh, Chinese or Japanese, or someone might be American. It doesn't matter where, where, where we are. We are all different parts, yes, but one body. So it is with the body of Christ, he goes on to say. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, 
and we all share the same spirit. Irrespective of our differences, we are baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, he goes on to say, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Again, Paul is helping us understand that we might be different, but we are one. He's also helping us understand that there's really power in the fact that we are different. We bring our different skills, different graces, different uh, perspectives, and it makes this rich tapestry that paints the picture or that is the picture of the body of Christ. So we celebrate our differences when we bring them and submit them to God because God then uses them to achieve his own purposes. He goes on to say from verse 18, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. And it's good to know that, that none of us is an accident, that we all happened as part of God's plan. Um, and, and we are who we are uh, because God put us there, made us that to be who we are and intends to use us uh, irrespective of, of who we are or where we come from or, or where we find ourselves in life. It is all part of God's plan. He goes on to say, how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can say to the feet, I don't need you. And, and that is so true. We actually need each other. The body of Christ is stronger when we serve each other, respect each other, and when we are one with each other. Then the body of Christ is stronger. And the converse is, is the truth. The body of Christ is weaker when there are schisms, when we are separated, when we don't respect each other and respect God's grace upon each person's life, then the body of Christ is weaker. And that is what our enemy wants. He wants the schisms and the separations and the denominations and the things that divide because then the body of Christ is weaker and we can't do what God would have us do of advancing the kingdom of God. He says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. He says, the way God works is that the parts that are weaker are protected by the parts that are stronger. The parts that don't have a voice have the parts that have a voice speak on their behalf. So the body takes care of itself. So the weakest parts or the parts that, are, that seem weakest, certainly in the natural sense, uh, have the parts that are strongest in the natural sense, protecting them, caring for them especially. And he goes on to say, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. That is how the church is supposed to be. Uh, a, a church where all the members are not caring for each other is a church that has become dysfunctional. 
Um, because a functional church, we are caring for each other. In the local body, we are caring for each other. In the wider expression of the body, as the body of Christ, we are caring for each other. Uh, we are watching out for each other. And he goes on to end with this, this statement in verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Amen? I don't know if you can put that on in, in one or two more scriptures uh, for us. This is the New Living Translation, but put it on in one or two more scriptures. Verse 26, verse 26, verse 26. One or two more scriptures, please. Fantastic. And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all the members share in the enjoyment of it. Do two more scriptures for us just to drive home this point. Two more scriptures. No, this says the same thing. Maybe do, do another one. NIV, something like that. Fantastic. Thank you very much. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, I like that phrase. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So because we are so connected with each other, we affect each other. So if one part of us is in pain, one part is hurting, then every part of us hurts. That's the way it works. If, if one part hurts and every part of us does not hurt, then there's something that has gone wrong with the... With the ow! Ow! Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Ah. My toe is hurting. Guess what? My toe is hurting. My brain feels the pain. If one part hurts, the whole body hurts. I stop my toe. The rest of my body doesn't say I don't care. I stop my toe. The rest of my body is in pain. I'm feeling the pain because one part of me is hurting. That's the way the body of Christ is. One part can be suffering and the rest doesn't feel the pain. My toe is suffering. My brain is sending a message to the rest of my body that his toe is in pain. That's how the body of Christ works. Amen? Don't worry. That was staged. <laughs> I didn't really stop my toe. It was staged. But you get the message, don't you? Yeah? Now, how many know that my body will be highly dysfunctional if I stop my toe and the rest of my body didn't feel pain? How many know there's something that's gone wrong with your body? Amen? So for the body of Christ, if we start with a local body, in a local church... If there are members of a local church that are in pain and suffering and the rest of the church is just continuing business as usual, how many know there's a malfunction in the, lo in the local church? And if we extrapolate that to the wider body of Christ, if there are parts of the body of Christ that are suffering and that are in pain, 
and the rest of the body is still just continuing with business as usual. How many know something has gone drastically wrong with the body of Christ? Amen? Today, we have with us someone who is in pain. Her family is in pain. Two years ago, almost to the day, a girl's secondary school in a town in northern Nigeria called Dapchi was attacked by insurgents, uh, the terrorist group Boko Haram. And from that school, about 110 girls, all young girls, were kidnapped and taken away into captivity. On the journey to where they were taken, eventually five of the girls died. Two months later, 104 of the girls were returned and one girl was held back in captivity. And the reason she was held back was because she was asked to renounce her faith in Christ and accept the faith of Islam, and she refused. She decided that her love and commitment to Christ, she wasn't going to compromise even at the risk of her life, losing her life, or being held continuously in captivity. And so she was kept back by her captors, and she has been in captivity for the last two years. This month will mark the anniversary. Um, 19th of February this month marked the, the, the anniversary, two, the second anniversary, two years that she had been held in captivity. I, I can only imagine the pain of her parents, the pain of her brother, the pain of her family, and the pain of her community. I have a daughter. Shola and I have a daughter. And it is unthinkable for me to imagine that our daughter would have experienced something like that. Um, I don't even know how we would be able to cope with something of that nature. And today we are privileged to have with us in church, in this our service, um, the mother of that uh, girl who has become a symbol of the plight of persecuted Christians, not just in Nigeria or Africa, but in the world. Um, but before I bring her mother up, I'd like us to appreciate a lady who has dedicated herself to being the voice for uh, her mother, her family, uh, to ensuring that the world doesn't forget that there's one girl in captivity simply because she loves the Jesus that we love and has refused to renounce her faith um, and to put in pressure on those who have the power in a natural sense to do something, to do something. And I must say, this lady at great, great risk to her own life, uh, set up the Leah Sharibu Foundation, runs the Leah Sharibu Foundation, um, Dr. Gloria Pundu. You just want, where's Gloria? Just want to rise. And then I would love you to make 
both Dr. Gloria and make this remarkable woman, uh, Leah Sharibu's mom, Mrs. Rebecca Sharibu, welcome as they come up to the platform. Jesus House, please make them welcome. Make them welcome. Please make them welcome. Now, Mrs. Uh, Sharibu, Leah's mom, a 14-year-old girl, she's now 16-year-old, who was kidnapped and who, who has become uh, a symbol of the plight of the persecuted Christian. Um, she's, she's very fluent in Hausa, and she will speak in Hausa, which is one of the Nigerian languages, one of the um, main Nigerian languages. But Dr. Gloria will act as a translator um, as, as we just hear from her about what she has been through. Once more, Jesus House, please, let's appreciate. Dr. Gloria, I just want to say thank you, thank you. for coming to worship with us today. Um, we also want to really thank um, Mrs. Sharibu, um, Leah's mom, for coming to worship with us today. We don't take it for granted that you're here with us. And from the Jesus House and from all those who are watching online, part of our online congregation, just want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Okay. And, and I hope it's okay if I ask a few questions about what happened. We don't want to rehash the trauma, yeah, yeah. Um, but I hope it's okay if it's I okay. ask a few yeah. questions. Yeah. So, in her own words, uh, the, the 19th of February 2018 was a normal day, and then um, she hears that Boko Haram insurgents have invaded the town. They've attacked the school. Um, can she tell us in her own words how she heard and what her response was, both her and the rest of the family, when they heard? Because on 19 February 2018, It was, as you said, on the 19th of February uh, 2018, when I had gunshots all of a sudden in the evening, towards the evening time. And uh, I rushed to my neighbor's house to find out what is wrong. And they told me that it's Boko Haram that have invaded our village. Okay, and the next thing they heard was the gunshots were stopped. But then the Boko Haram uh, went to Leah's school. 
and that from the discussions or the stories from the children or the students that they were told to come and enter the vehicles that were packed, that soldiers have come to help them because Boko Haram have invaded their school. Dagabaya suka doke su suka tafi wa shigari muka je mun ga wa'anda suka tafi suna dawowa wa'anda suka tafi duka suna dawowa ne bangale a cikin su ba because it was evening time we couldn't go to check them so in the morning all of us ran to the school to find out but when we got to the school we discovered that some of them were not around were t- were taken away and so I discovered that Leah was among those that were taken away. When I discovered that Leah was taken, I felt very bad and I cried and cried and cried. My husband and my son were also pained just like I was pained. So Leah has been uh, in captivity for two, two years now. Um, this is the uh, second anniversary of her being held in captivity. Uh, how, how has the family coped? How have they, how have they managed? Uh, just, it's unthinkable, you know, the, the things that could go through the person's mind as to what's happening to their daughter held by these, these wicked, uh, evil human beings. How has the family managed and how have they coped over these two years? The Kunsanchewa, when the Mugaya Mutani, when the Bowen Deke Sue is on at Hanusu, Sunariki, the Yarnyoko, Menenek Karfafakuya, who get Karfafua. Gaskia Bamachinda, Munach came Mawiach and Halim. Muna come to Nani, a Kulum, a Mabin Deke Karfafamo, Sabo, the Adway one, the Kukei, the Red Rana, the Kumakarfa, and the Kukei Mana. She naked, they make him. Of a truth, it is not an easy thing. It is beyond description for me. Because on a daily basis, we are in pains. We are always in pains. But the only comfort is that we have people like you all around praying for us. We have people around us encouraging us with the word of God. And that is the only thing that is keeping us. So, um, if less things happen to people but much less things and you, you hear people are angry with God, people feel disappointed by God something of this nature an ordeal of this nature happens and every time we have heard from her, seen an interview we've been struck by her faith so I guess the question is how come she didn't get angry or disappointed in God Abubuwa kama ina wanda faru da ke yana faruwa da mutane amma kuma akwai abubuwan da ba su kai wanda suka faru da ke ba yana faru da mutane kuma mutane suna jin zafi har suna tambaya ko anya akwai ubangiji ke ya aka yi muna kallon muna ganin ki a interview aka yi miki 
muna ganin karfi da karfafuwa ya akai kike samu wannan karfin sannan kuma ina son tambaye ki kina fishi da ubangiji Allah da yasa wannan abun ya same ki kana fishi da ubangiji sam to me duk abin da ya samu mutum Allah da martin kafin a haifeta Allah ya shirya cewa kafin ta zo ga abin da zai faru da ita don haka bana fishi da Allah When God created us, he always has a plan for each person that he creates. And for Leah, he created her and this was in his plans for her. For me, I am not angry with God because I know that all this are in accordance to his plans even though it is painful. I I um I I saw an, an interview she did and I was struck by uh listening to her say she has forgiven them. Um and and that really struck me. Uh, so I just wanted to hear from her how, you know how did she come to that point where she's forgiven I mean I we all know that the Bible says we should but in reality sometimes it's difficult. But I heard her say in that interview that she's forgiving them. How did she come to that point where she's forgiving people who have brought so much pain uh, to her life and who are still holding her daughter uh, captive? Naga interview Wanda Akemiki kwa nekimbayana. Achiki antembeki kinche kinya feboko haram. Ama nasang litafi me sarkiyache ayafi kin yafe amma menene yake baki karfi har ki iya ki karbi maganar ubangijin nan ki ansa cewa kin yafe musu don ba da sauki yake ba ya kike karfafuwa ya kika samu karfin nan har kika iya ce kin yafe ma boko haram tunda har yanzu maliya tana wurin su ba da sauki ba amma haka Allah ya fada yace idan baka yafe ba ba zai yafe maka ba kuma wa'annan mutane su ba su san abin da suke yi ba it is not easy it is not easy but the scriptures has already taught me that if i don't forgive them god will not forgive me and of a truth these people don't know what they are doing and they need forgiveness that is why i can forgive them the um there there especially in the in the western world um there are two narratives that come out about the persecution of christians um one extreme of the narrative is that it's exaggerated that uh christians are not really being persecuted certainly not at that level um and that this is just uh, an agenda of the church or some other shadowy organization and then on the other end um of the spectrum uh, are those who for one end people say it doesn't exist on the other end of the spectrum are those who are saying people christians are being persecuted they are being locked up they are being denied rights um they are member people are losing members of their family now this is a chance for us here 
and for those, all those who are on social media, and I know a lot of our people are going to put this on all the media platforms, this is a chance for, for us to hear from somebody who is there as to the real state of things on the ground, certainly in northern Nigeria, but that would speak for a lot of the other parts of the world about the persecution of Christians. So I just wanted her to tell us what really is happening uh, with regards to Christians and their freedom to express their, their faith. Nigeria. Persecution na Krista a Nigeria, Belentanama Yemachin Nigeria in the Mukafito Watu, Northern Nigeria in the Mukafito, a quay persecution, a good in the Krista, Kokuma Maganganuni, I gave at Akawe. Here, Agaskia, a quay persecution na Krista a Nigeria. Do me Yenda Suka de Bia Matana Buy and water at Essen Sekesu. Negotiation the Sekei, Akasekesu, Miasa by Emma Lia, Tadauba. I'm a hacker, suck about the Yotana Chica Shakara, you hack up to you. My guys, you know, Harry Harebe Kareva, Shakaranja, Mamunjiwa, Garkida, when you call your Cosella Garimus in Jessunco corner, Chochi, the Ewa. A January ma, a quay when can president, one that's got Oka, Sunjessun Yankashi, the drink for Sorry, yeah. I'm a living testimony seated here of persecution of Christians because when the girls were taken, after just one month, the government was able to negotiate for the release of the other girls. But my only daughter that is kept back in captivity, this is the second year, nobody has negotiated for her release just because she refused to renounce her Christian faith. And I can give you more examples. Of recent, just on Friday, a village very close to my village, Garkida in Adamawa State, churches have been burnt down. Women and children have been taken. Men have been killed just this Friday. And not just Garkida. Saturday, just yesterday, another village close to Dabchi, where I come from, Lantewa has also been attacked by Boko Haram, raided and people killed and properties destroyed and other people taken away along with the Boko Haram. January, you know the popular story of a Khan chairman of Adamawa State who was butchered by the Boko Haram. All these people are Christians. Is there no persecution of Christians? So, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. it's okay. As far as I'm concerned, there is so much persecution of the Christians and the church in Nigeria. Just wanted to ask her, um, 
the, the uh, I mean, a number of us here are of Nigerian descent. Uh, quite a number of us here would call it uh, British Nigerians. We're British citizens, but then we're also Nigerian citizens. And even those who are not, and there's the significant number that are not, uh, have sympathies for Nigeria and sympathies for the plight of the persecuted Christian anywhere. Uh, what what has, has, the, has the Nigerian government done all that it should? Uh, we, we, we know some people very high up in government. We hear what they say. Um, we know some people who have integrity, who are high up in government. Uh, we hear what they say. We also hear what is said through the media as to how assurances have been given that Leah will be brought back all the way up to, our, to the president of Nigeria who publicly has given an assurance. Um, and it's two years now, she hasn't been brought back and it would seem like the situation is worsening. It would seem, and from what she tells us being on the ground, it would seem like the situation is getting worse. I just wanted to ask um, Mrs. Sharibu, you know, if the government has done as much as it should, or is there more she feels the government can do? Amma daga cikin maganarki da kuma abubuwan da muke gani yake faruwa muna ganin kaman abun yana gaddacin gaba ne zaki iya ki gaya mana menene kike gani kina ganin gwamnati suna kokarin su ne ko kina ganin menene ya kamata su yi da zaki iya ki gaya mana yanzu eto ni dai kokarin su ban gane ba tunda yarinya ta bai fita ba yana arkawali bai cika ba tunda aka dauki yaran nan tun February, say what I'm Bokwe, Yakirani, Mokai Makala. She may yet you may sugar bubble hari, Yakirani, a wire, yet she and a quackery, a lad, the Dao. For me, I can only say that I'm not seeing what they are doing because two years now, my daughter is still in captivity. So, as far as I'm concerned, I cannot say that they have kept their promise. Because after seven months of my daughter's adoption, that was when the president called me on phone and gave me assurances that he was going to release my daughter. But I have not yet seen her now in two years. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what they are doing. I don't know because I don't have my daughter back home. Is, 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 um, is, is, is... Is, is, are they providing support, counseling for her, for the family? Are, are, are people in touch with her to help her through through this trauma? <laughs> Gomnati baya yi mun kome ne bayan da wata bakwai ya kira ni yace liya za ta dawo daga bayan ya tura ministoci guda uku suka ce very soon liya za ta dawo 
apart from one chamber, one day, I came to Hario. For me, from the government, apart from the time that the president called me after seven months of my daughter's being in captivity, and after that two weeks, he sent two minister, three ministers to go and see me in Dabchi. And I was thinking they were bringing my daughter. But since from that time, I have not heard from any government official. I have not heard from, nobody has contacted me. I don't know what is happening. Does, does, she, um, does she have a message for, for, for this church? Uh, we, we're part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It's, it's one of the largest, larger churches here in this country. And we're involved with the larger church um, of different denominations. Does she have a message for us as the body of Christ? Uh, we feel her pain. Um, and does she have a message for us? What would she have us do? What does she want us to do? Eh, ina nema a ci gaba da addu'a kamar yadda kuke yi mana addu'a mun sanin kuna yi a ci gaba da addu'a sai liya ta dawo kuma in akwai wanda zai iya taimake ni ai pressure gwamnati namu domin ai listen liya I want to continue to plead with you to continue with the prayers that you have been doing concerning Leah and my family so I will plead with all of you to continue in that prayer. And I appreciate you for that. And I also want to plead, if there's any one of you here that has access to the Nigerian government that will be able to be a voice to speak my plight, I want to plead with you to do so. So I want to plead with you as a church to please speak on my behalf. She wants to plead directly with the vice president because at the first service we didn't know, but we have the opportunity now to plead directly with our vice president and his wife that if they can please speak on our behalf so that their government can release Leah. Well, he, he, will, he will certainly hear that because um, he's, a, he's a very close friend. And I can tell her categorically from personal knowledge that I know that her plight, the plight of her family, is uppermost on his mind and on his wife's mind. I can, I can say that one from personal experience. His wife, Thank you so much. His wife, I can tell you, prays for her every single day. Um, so let that just be a sucker for her that it's uppermost on his certainly I can talk about him from a personal experience uh, not hearsay she as a man pastor assurance the family kuna chicken 
tunanin vice president bilintana matanshi matanshi kullun tana tunanin ki tana miki adua so shi saboda yana tare da shi ya san shi daya da daya yana gaya miki cewa ki samu kwanciyan zuciya cewa yana jin ki kuma suna tare da ki a cikin wannan magana and then just she just, said, just to also encourage her that um, uh, there, there are people I mean, I don't for one sec, I think I, I would put up my hands on, if, to say clearly the government hasn't done what it should have done. If they, if, if they haven't provided care, counseling, support, material support all these months, uh, they haven't done well. And in whatever way that we can, we're going to get that message across that they have not done well in that regard. But just to also let her know that we know a few people who are in government who really, her plight has really touched their hearts and they will all be working to bring about uh, uh, an end that can put something, that can put an end to this ordeal. You know, so you're careful for the chewa. Idang har gomnati na Nigeria was taba turo miki temoko suna turo miki mutanen da zasu cancelin naki da zasu temake ki da wayan su abubuwa ba gaskiya basu 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 gaskiya ba kuma suna gaya miki cewa su suna da mutane wanda zasu yi magana da su sannan kuma yana so ya gaya miki akwai wayan su kuma mutanen da suke cikin gwamnati da su suka sani anan cewa maganar liya yana zuciyar su so yana so ya encourage naki ki samu karfi cewa su yanzu anan zasu taimaka zasu yi kuma magana saboda maganan a taimake maganan liya thank you says thank you well church um, you know you read about things in the newspapers on social media but it's a totally different story when it comes so close to you um, mrs sharibu rebecca and her husband nathan um, leah's brother donald have gone through an experience that uh, you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy um, sitting up here, I can feel her pain in a very physical, tangible sense. Uh, and I try to imagine what state I would be in if this was my own daughter uh, that had been taken away in this manner. Um, I don't think it's by chance that she's here. Uh, this is probably the only church she's visiting um, while she's in the United Kingdom yes, in the, in the, uh, for a Sunday service. So I don't think it's by chance that she's here. I think the way God has arranged it is she's here, firstly because as a church we have had a burden for the plight of the persecuted church um, for a while. We pray constantly for the persecuted church. We're privileged to work with um, Open Doors and other organizations that are trying to ease the plight of brothers and sisters who are being persecuted for their faith. Um, Shola and Ayo have been in the forefront uh, driving this as a major part of who we are here at Jesus House. I think God has brought her here to encourage us further uh, to do a lot more than we are doing now. Um, to firstly commit to praying for Leah uh, for her immediate family and her community for northern Nigeria where without a shadow of doubt uh, the, the, the situation she described is not getting better uh, it is, is worsening to also pray for the plight of Christians in other countries um, if you remember 
um, uh, when Shola and I went to the, the, the launch of the 50 most persecuted nations, we put it up here in the church. And if I remember correctly, Nigeria was number 12 or 13 on that list. North Korea was number one. Uh, you cannot even profess remotely Christianity in North Korea. You will end up incarcerated for, for that. And so there's a responsibility on us to, to pray. That's what the Bible asks us to do, to pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering. If they suffer vicariously, by, we, we feel the suffering ourselves and we discharge that feeling of suffering in the place of prayer. The second thing that we must commit to doing as a church is that we must commit to being the voice for people who don't have a voice. Um, they're being persecuted. Their voice is literally taken away. Rights are being taken away. Uh, family members are being separated. Yeah, people are being incarcerated just simply because they love Jesus. Well, we must commit to being a voice for them. We must first be a voice in this land. Fortunately, we're in a Western democracy. Uh, we do have a voice. Uh, so we must encourage ourselves to write our MPs, uh, the, mem uh, the members of parliament who represent us in parliament, and let them know that we are concerned about the plight of persecuted Christians in northern Nigeria and in other countries, Pakistan, uh, India, China, and the list goes on and on, Somalia, uh, um, Kenya, parts of Kenya we are concerned so let's let them know we are concerned about the plight of persecuted Christians let's also ask, put pressure on them to exert pressure on the governments of this nation, especially the government of Nigeria, because the truth is that Britain since it was a former colonial power exerts influence in these nations and um, a lot of us have Nigerian descent and we understand how it works. So we must ask the MPs to put pressure on their government to, 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 to speak up, to ask questions concerning the plight of persecuted Christians and especially Leah Sharibu. She's become a symbol for the persecuted Christian and we, we, we mustn't let it be swept under the carpet. We mustn't let them forget that a young girl was taken away at 14, she's now 16, she's in captivity, she has a mother, a, a mother who is hurting, a father, a brother, a community that is waiting for her to come back. We have assurances from the president of Nigeria that she will be brought back. It is two years, she hasn't yet been brought back. So we, we, in the Western world here, we must put pressure on our MPs to ask the right questions. And you know the way it works here. If the MPs get enough letters, they know it's a concern of a community, they have to do something about it. And we have a voice, we must speak. And then quite a number of us who are of Nigerian descent have access to people who are high up in the Nigerian government. I do personally, and I will make, make her views known to those that I do. I'm sure they probably will be watching this anyway. It's going to get sent to them. But if you have access to anybody, then you also must be a voice and, and say, remove the propaganda. Uh, the real, we've heard from someone who has suffered herself. We've heard from her about how her community is suffering. And let's make sure that they, they, we don't, it's not a Muslim Christian narrative because 
Some Muslims are suffering from Boko Haram as well, from Islamic State of West Africa as well. They are killing Muslims as well as they are killing Christians. But we can't deny the fact that some people are taking advantage of the insecurity to drive an agenda to persecute the church and persecute Christians. And we must speak if we are part of the body for them. And the, the, the last thing we do is that we, we take advantage of every opportunity to support them in a material sense. Yeah, you, people have become widows. Children have become orphans. And there are many ways to support them. There are many ways to support in a, in a material, physical sense the work that's been done by the foundation. Not because they have asked me. Not once have they mentioned anything to do with material support. But I'm sensible enough to know that there has to be some material support so that they can continue to be a voice, continue to speak out um, of a part of our body that is suffering and in pain. We can't continue life as normal while a part of our body is suffering and in pain. And I feel that, that God has brought them here because, they, they, because God has placed a lot in our hands. He's given us a measure of influence in the land. He's given us a measure of influence as being the flagship church in the redeemed Christian church of God. That's 800 and something churches. It is significant in this land, probably one of the fastest growing in this land. We must use that voice and speak on their behalf. God will have us do that. And if we don't do that, then we will have to account to God for not having done what we should do. Church, does this make some sense? Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to do what we do. We're a praying community, um, and we believe we serve a God who answers prayers. Um, so before we even go out of here and figure out how we're going to do this, and incidentally, if you're wondering, you know, what do I say to the MP? You know, what kind of language do I use? Just come up and see us, and we will tell you what kind of language is right, you know, how you can express yourself, uh, what you want to say in a manner that will make sure that it is heard. But please, let's not live here and life goes back to normal and we're pursuing our, our things that actually, in, against this backdrop, seem insignificant. You know, a bigger house, a nicer car, a promotion at work. Thank God for all those things. But against the backdrop of what we hear, it just seems so, it seems so insignificant. So let's not live here without committing to doing something. God would have us stand for a part of the body that is suffering. Um, and, you know, Leah Sharibu is the symbol of that persecution. And whatever we can do to make sure that she's reunited with her family, whatever we can do to make sure that her family gets the right support, the right counseling, it's unthinkable that there can be any government, any form of government over her in her state or whatever that doesn't provide day-to-day counseling for her, day-to-day -day support for her. The trauma that she, she has gone through and her family. In the more civilized world, there would be a support system that was around her. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened for whatever reasons. It might be an oversight. We are going to point out the oversight to them. And, and so that they can put in place what is necessary to make sure that that happens. That's the least that can be done as she goes through this ordeal and this trauma. Not just her, but her family and her immediate community. And so church, it's a challenge for us to rise up to that challenge. That's why God brought her here. 
She could have been at any other church. There are tens of thousands of churches. But she's here with us at Jesus' house. And I think it's because God wants to challenge you and I to say we mustn't be silent about what is happening to a part of our body. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to do what we, with the one thing that, by God's grace, we try to do here. We're going to pray for her. We're going to pray for, for Mrs. Sharibu. We're going to pray for her immediate family, pray for their community. Um, we're definitely going to pray for Leah, that God will strengthen her in that place of captivity. Um, like her mother said, nothing catches God by chance. Somehow God has chosen to use her as this symbol uh, in much the same way he's done in times past in our Christian faith. So we're going to pray for her. And then we're also going to pray for Gloria. Um, she risks her life um, to, because so many would not want her to do what she's doing. Um, but she risks her life to continue to put on the front burner the fact that Leah is still in captivity and that this persecution is still going on. Churches are being raised. Um, Christians are being persecuted in certain parts of northern Nigeria and all around the world. We're going to pray for, pray for Gloria and pray especially for the Leah Sharibu Foundation. So I'm going to, um, I'm, I mean, the person who really got me got this burden into my heart was my wife. Um, she was the first person to catch a burden for the persecuted church. It's a major part of her life, um, both her and Ayo. Um, I just have to thank them for having driven us as a church to the place where we all have this burden. Um, so I'm going to get her to come up um, and lead us in prayer. Please make her welcome as she comes. Thank you. Good afternoon, church. Let's please rise to our feet. As pastor said, God has given us a voice, but our voice, first of all, must start in the spirit. You know, as a church, we have the word, one of our cornerstone scriptures for this year from Luke 1, that with our God, nothing shall be impossible. And also Matthew 7, 7, I was reminded of it, where God said, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and the door will be opened. So this morning, we're going to lift our voices again, all of us here today, all of us watching online, and we're going to cry out. And the first prayer point is for Leah Sharibu herself. The word, the scripture that the Lord gave, Psalm 28, 7, the amplified version, speaking, sending the word of God to Leah Sharibu, wherever she is right now, that the Lord is your strength, Leah. He's your impenetrable shield. Your heart trusts with unwavering confidence in him, and you will be marvelously helped. Therefore, your heart shall gladly rejoice, Leah Sharibu. And with a song, you shall thank him and praise him. Church, let's lift our voices this morning for Leah Sharibu. That wherever she is right now, that, oh Lord, be her strength. Be her impenetrable shield. Be her joy. Be her fortress. Strengthen her in her inner man. She will not go weary, Lord. She will not give up. She will not give up the fight. She will not give up her faith. She will not grow weary, Lord God. Strengthen her. Comfort her, Lord. Give her your peace, oh God. Father, we cry out, oh God. Father, you told us this year, oh God, that nothing with you shall be impossible. So concerning your child, your daughter, dear Sheribo, oh God, deliver her, oh God. Send forth your strength, oh God, to deliver, to rescue, Father God, in the name of Jesus. 
There is nothing that you cannot do, O oh God. You who parted the Red Sea, this is a little thing for you to do, O oh God. You who turned water into wine, this is a little thing for you to do, O oh God. You who delivered a Shabiba in Pakistan, this is a little thing. Will you not do it again, O oh God? Father, we cry out to you this morning. Your sons and your daughters, O oh God, they cry out to you, O oh God, that you will do great and mighty things, Lord God. That you will deliver Leah, you will save, you will rescue, you will uphold, you will comfort, O oh God. You will do great and mighty things, Father God. We lift up Leah, oh God, that you will discharge, oh God, angels, oh God, angels round about her, angels ascending and descending, bringing your will concerning Leah Sharibu. Spirit of the living God, descend mightily, oh God, upon her, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God. We thank you for your daughter. We thank you for Leah Sharibu, oh God. What a mighty testimony she is, oh God, of your word, of your faithfulness, oh God. Oh God, rescue and deliver, oh God. Father, we thank you for Leah Sharibu, oh God. Oh, we thank you for Leah Sharibu, oh God. Our next prayer point is for the family. And we're going to lift up Leah's daddy, Mr. Nathan Sharibu. We're going to lift up her mommy, Mrs. Rebecca Sheribu. We're going to lift up her brother, Donald Sheribu. We're going to lift up Dr. Gloria. We're going to lift up all the community in Dapchi. We're going to lift up her loved ones, her family. We're going to lift up the community of Yobe State. And we're going to lift them up. And the word of the Lord concerning them is in Isaiah 41.10. And I'm reading from the NKJV. The scripture says, fear not. And this is the word of the Lord that is going to her family members, to the community right now. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Church, let's lift our voices this morning for the family in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word does not return void. But when it goes out, oh God, it accomplishes what you have set it forth to do. So concerning the Sharibu family, oh God, Daddy, Mommy, Donald, concerning the community of Douchi, concerning the loved ones, oh God, we send your word forth this morning, oh God, that they will not fear, oh God, but they will be strong in you and in the power of your might, oh God, that they will know always that you are with them. They will not be dismayed, they will not be discouraged, oh God. They will know, oh God, that you will help them, oh God. You will be their outstretched hand. You will be their righteous hand of deliverance, Father God. You will comfort them. You will send men and women their way, oh God. That will strengthen them. That will hold their hand. That will support them. That will be with you, oh God. Be with them, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God. We give you praise, Lord God. Blessed be your name, oh God. The next prayer point is I want us to pray for the Nigerian government. And Proverbs 21.1, Proverbs 21 says that the hearts of kings are in the hands of the Lord. And as the streams of water, he directs it in the direction he wants it to go. This morning, church, I want us to lift up President Mohammed Buhari, the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. And I want us to pray. 
pray God's blessing upon him. That God will bless him. God will strengthen him. And that God will cause him to stir up his heart to help us. To do what he can do to bring about the release of Leah Sheribu in the name of Jesus. Let's lift our voice in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for our president, oh God. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his family, oh God. Father, we ask that you will bless him. We ask that you will keep him. We ask that you will uphold him. We ask that you will strengthen him. We ask that your will, your plans and purpose will prosper in his hands in the name of Jesus. Father, that what he can do, oh God, to bring about the release of Leah Sharibu, he will do in the name of Jesus. We lift up our vice president, oh God, that you will strengthen him, you will enable him, you will prosper. All the ones, oh God, all our leaders, oh God, in government, oh God, that they will come together, oh God, and they will bring about, oh God, the release of Leah Sharibu, oh God, and all the other women and girls, oh God, that are being led captive, oh God, for their faith, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God, for you will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And the last prayer point I want us to lift up is for girls like Leah Sharibu all over the world. Girls like Leah Sharibu that because they love Jesus like you and I do are being held captive. Girls in northern Nigeria. Girls in India and Pakistan. Girls, oh God, in Syria and Iraq and Iran. Girls in Somalia. Girls in Eritrea. Girls in northern Korea. And this morning, church, I want us to lift up our voices to our God who answers prayers. You know Psalm 46, 1 to 3, Psalm 46, 1 to 3, and I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, God, you are such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You are a proven help in time of trouble. You are more than enough and always available whenever I need you, whenever these ladies need you. And so the Bible says that so we will never fear, they will never fear. Even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear, says the word. Even when the earthquake and the sh shakes moving mountains and causing them to ca be casted into the sea. For the raging near of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Church, let us lift our voices for all these women, all these girls who are being persecuted for their faith. Let's lift our voices that God will strengthen them and deliver them. Let's lift our voices in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you, O oh God. We use Leah Sharifu, O oh God, as a point of contact for all these girls and women all over the world, O oh God. Father, as you did it for Asia, Biba in Pakistan, do it again, O oh God. For you are a God who does exceedingly and abundantly. Do it again, Lord God. Deliver, rescue, set free, Father God. Oh God, oh God, Father, move mightily, oh God, in these nations, oh God, deliver, set free, rescue, oh God, oppose, strengthen, oh God, let them never give up their faith in you, oh God, for you are able, oh God, to keep to the utmost those that have been committed into your hands, keep them to the utmost, oh God, strengthen, oh God, deliver, uphold. Oh God, use as a sign and a wonder, a light, oh God. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord God. Father, we thank you, oh God, for you are a good God. For you are a God that does not lie. And Father, whatever you promise, you will do. And you've told us that this year is a year where we'll see the manifestation of the impossible. 
Father, let's see the manifestation of what might be deemed impossible in the release and deliverance of Leah Sharibu, oh God. Let us see the impossible in the lives of women and girls all over the world, oh God, who are being held captive because of their faith, oh God. Let us see, oh God, your hand moving, oh God, in the life of, Na of Mr. Nathan and Mrs. Rebecca Sharibu and her loved ones and Dr. Gloria, oh God, and all those, oh God, who are fighting, oh God, for the release, oh God, of persecuted Christians. Let's see your mighty moving hand, oh God. Father, we thank you, oh God. Father, do exceedingly and abundantly, oh God. And we thank you for the testimonies that we know we have received in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, oh God. Mighty God, we worship you. Blessed be your name, oh God. Everything written about you is great. Demons tremble, yes, they tremble. Demons tremble. Demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We serve. about you is great you are 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 great oh yes you are you are great you are great you are great you are so great you are great Everything written about you. One more time. Demons tremble at your presence. Go on, lift your voice. Demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We give you all the glory, Lord. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Everything written about you is great. One more time, demons tremble. Demons tremble at your presence. We serve the mighty God, the greatest God. What a mighty God we serve. You About you is great. God, celebrate that great Lord. Celebrate that great God. Oh, we bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. We bless you, O oh God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs>